Good morning. How's everybody doing? Starting to understand your your new normal, our coronavirus life. I'm uh, I'm not handling it as well as maybe others. It's hard for me to be a homebody. I'm struggling with it a lot. I don't know about you, but. I imagine most of my friends, most of my District 37 family, uh, we like being outside. We like being outdoors. We like twisting the throttle. We like doing something besides sitting home and watching TV. And, uh, I hope some of you guys are doing some home improvement. I hope some of you are uh, maybe starting a new routine. But man, it's been tough. Gene and I actually went four-wheeling yesterday, and I got to tell you, I don't have a lot of experience four-wheeling. Um, not in a car, not in a vehicle or a truck. Uh, most of my life, I've been on a motorcycle or a quad, so I don't have a lot of experience four-wheeling in a vehicle. And uh, it's hard. It's a lot harder than I anticipated, uh, especially with my big truck. You know, you kind of have to have faith. <laughs> being able to go up and over these hills and, and you crest the hill and it's like, uh, I have no idea what's over there. You know, you kind of get in the habit of getting right up to the top and then just, I have to stop. I have to stop and get out and look and and, and see where the road actually goes because I can't see it. There's there's no vision at all in the front of my truck when, when you're kind of at a high angle and trying to see what's on the other side. I actually had to have Jeannie walk down this one gnarly hill and and uh, get to the bottom and say, yeah, you're good. Because I, I'll be honest, I, I had no idea if we could do it. I just couldn't see the ravines or the rocks or whatever that, that crest down beyond this little hill. And it got really steep. So we made it, but uh, I'm learning. I'm learning that everything I thought I knew I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You know, that's a great part about life is that even when, even when we think we know our circumstances, we know our surroundings, we find that uh, there's always more to learn. As we sit here today, you know, i am got to remember to stay focused. It's been so hard for me to stay focused. Um, I'm a very scheduled person, and I find myself sleeping later and later, um, not being able to stay on track at all, and I get easily disrailed. So this last week, I had to start setting my alarm clock, getting up, getting in the Word, um, getting on my computer just like I'm at work, and having a normal day. Um, obviously I can't do everything that I would normally do at work, but I'm learning to set schedules. I'm learning to set goals and, and be able to have some normalcy in this new world that we're living on. But you know, and I'm, I'm finding myself fighting battles that I thought I had defeated years ago. I'm starting to find myself struggling with with things, with sin, with things in my life that, uh, frankly, I just thought I'd moved on from. I'm having a hard time eating right. 
this this COVID nineteen, man. If we're not careful, it's it's going to be nineteen pounds that we are putting on, and that's crazy. That's scary to me. I I don't want to go back. I mean, ah, uh, yeah. I know I still have a lot of weight to lose, but man, I I don't go want to go back to old Jay at all. This is what the Bible says about temptation. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 12. It says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Hmm. You know, we think sometimes that, that we've defeated these certain temptations in our life. These old habits, these old sins, that, that in Christ, we are a new creation. And so these things should not be overtaking us. They should not control us whatsoever. But now in this time in our life, when, when things are so off of a normal routine, it's gotten hard. Because I think we've let our guards down, maybe because we're sad, maybe because of depression, maybe because of, of lack of motivation. But guys, it goes on to say this. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to all mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Beloved, that, that way out is Jesus. I can tell you from experience in my life that the only thing that helped me with temptation, that helped me with overcoming addictions was my faith in Jesus. Yeah, amen. You know, lately God has given us such a great gift. A lot of people think, well, what do you mean he's given us this great gift? I'm like, oh, we have all this time to rekindle, to restart our relationships with, with our Heavenly Father with our families, with our friends. And, and even though maybe these friendships are online, I've connected with a lot of my old uh, Navy friends and, and we've had conversations. And man, I found out a lot of my Navy friends have, have lost their lives recently. And it's, it's gut-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching because I know some of it was suicide. So these, these times that we're living in, I want to encourage you to press in. Press in a time with your family. Press in a time with your friends. Press in time with God. Read the Bible together. Watch Christian programming. I mean, I love this series right now called The Chosen. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, I, I think that Crossroads here in Ridgecrest and the Lighthouse here in Ridgecrest both have copies that you could check out somehow, some way. If not, I know you can order it. Uh, you can get the app and watch it through the app, The Chosen. Highly recommend it. It's, uh, I'll see if I can post it on the page later so you guys can find the app and watch this. It's incredible. It's good TV. It's, it's well made. Um, you know, the kids will like it. But we have all this time and and I'm afraid so many of us are filling it up with junk that instead of uh, spending time with our kids and our wives and our family we're just watching TV 
or Facebook or TikTok. TikTok, that's crazy. I mean, I, I saw last night Howie Mandel was addicted to TikTok. It's crazy. That the guy was a germaphobe. Just weird. Just weird to me that what what people do with their spare time. But honestly, don't let this become a time where you let everything go. Be weary of slipping in temptation and letting old habits back in our lives. Amen. So today, I, I want to share a mystery with you guys. In my pushing in, in my realizing that I needed to have time with God. That I had to get back to, to that, you know, putting God first in, in my life, in my time. Um, man, I've, I've read some great scriptures that new life just was spoken into me. Because um, honestly, I love hearing the Bible. I love reading the Bible. It's funny how every time I read it, I can read the same scripture over and over. And, and because of God's Holy Spirit, sometimes He speaks to us a little bit differently. It's a living document. And so that's why it's so important that we understand where it comes from and what it means. When I was reading this last few weeks, I've been reading in Ephesians. You know, uh, Ephesus, the city, was was a huge city. Um, it actually had a temple and a stadium there that was considered one of the seven wonders of the world at its time. Um, it was to the the goddess Artemis. Fertility God. Don't let your kids look it up. It's horrible. <laughs> but it was it was huge. I mean, Ephesus, Ephesus was known as the city for all this religious and, and uh, worship of, of various gods and goddesses. And then Paul shows up. And he brings Christianity to this town. He brings Jesus into this area that had basically made a living from demigods. He made a living selling trinkets and, and uh, various articles about these demigods. So obviously Paul was not well liked <laughs> when he came to Ephesus. But you know, he spent a lot of time there. He did his very best to start a church there and to uh, help it to grow and become strong in its faith. And in Ephesians, Paul is writing to this church. He's writing to them because he's now in chains. Paul has been arrested and he's in Rome. And uh, he cares. He cares about his his church that he worked so hard to start. You know, I understand that. I understand how Paul feels because, you know, I I have worked very hard to, to gain the trust and, and develop friendships with my district family. I worked very hard to 
to develop relationships with, with parents and racers because that's what Jesus did. That's how he spent his time, developing relationships, developing trust, developing friendships that would last a lifetime. So Paul is writing a letter back to these people. He's actually in chains. He's actually in prison in Rome. But he loves them so much that he wants to make sure that they don't lose their first love. A group of people had came in at this time, Jews that that were they were called Judaizers. They believed that in order to be saved, you had to become a Jew first. You know what that means, right? As a man, you had to be circumcised before you could be a believer in Christ. So that they were teaching this, and this was changing how the church in Ephesus was, was responding. And it was getting hard for them to be able to reach out to Jews and Gentiles alike in this area, especially the Gentiles, because this whole group of people is talking about you have to become a Jew first before you can get saved. You know, anytime someone puts rules on accepting the free gift of Jesus, be worried. If someone gives you rules about how your walk with God has to be, if it's contrary to what the Bible says, be worried. Be afraid. Because it says over and over that it's a relationship. That it's a free gift. This is Ephesians 3. This is Paul speaking. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, you and I, non-Jews, Gentiles, are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. You know, last week, if you watched our Easter service, you, you heard me talk about the church. You heard me talk about who we are as the church. As Christians, true believers in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we believe that, then we are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the gathering. We are the four walls. We, the believers, are the church. That God has taken his time right now to show us this great mystery. And honestly, all of us should have already known this. That because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, that we are the temple of God. We are the new covenant with Jesus. 
It's not a religious experience. It is personal. It's a personal relationship that sets us apart. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Yeah, I repeated that again because we need to understand that. We need to understand that we are heirs. That the new covenant that we are under today, it's, it's one group. There's no covenant for Israel and a covenant for, for Christians. There's one covenant. There's one salvation. And that is Jesus Christ. We are Israel. We, the believers in, in Jesus, we are the chosen. We are the chosen. And this is the reason that Paul was imprisoned. He said to be saved, we did not have to become Jews first. That went against everything that his heritage believed. Remember, Paul was Saul before Christ. He was Saul the Pharisee, and, and he had been killing Christians and, and tormenting the church before, before Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and forever changed Saul the Pharisee into Paul the believer in Jesus. Paul goes on, he says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, do not be discouraged because of my suffering for you, because it is unto God's glory. Hmm. Man, we, we need to remember that Jesus broke down all the walls. Does that mean we don't go to church? No, we, we still go to church. We still go to a building when we're able to. But let's not forget what makes up the church. Let's not forget what, what Paul is saying here. Let's not forget what Jesus taught. That when we receive the Holy Spirit, when, when we receive the companion, that is the evidence that we've accepted Jesus Christ. That is the evidence that we are now in the church. We are in the fellowship of believers. And the Bible says, we're two or more gathered. He is in our midst. So I encourage all of you right now, right now wherever you are 
if you're with another family member or, or a friend or you're in the middle of the desert right now with some buddies riding, you're the church. If two or more are gathered and you pray, you're praying with authority of Jesus Christ. The same power that rose him from the dead is still in you. And we are to go on and do bigger things because of Jesus. Because of that free gift. I want to encourage all of you today to just remember it's not religion. It's a personal relationship. It's you absolutely saying, I'm all in, Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. I want to be part of your church. I want to be part of your kingdom. Because honestly, as long as this virus is going, as long as we can't go to church, we have to have church at home. We have to have church wherever we are at. You don't have to have four walls to get on your knees and know the creator of the universe. And his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we come before you, Father God, humbly. Humbly and say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your protection over my family and my friends. Thank you, Father God, for, for your great relationship that you've given us through your son, Jesus. Lord, today I pray for, for your peace to fall upon everyone that's listening. I pray, Father God, for your strength to come into their bodies. I pray, Father God, for belief to pierce their minds, Lord God. That, Father God, you remove the veil from their eyes so that they can see you. They can see Jesus and desire to have a relationship with him. Desire, Father God, to be with you now and forevermore. Lord God, I just want to take a moment today to pray for my district family. Father God, we ask right now for you to be with our little friend Cameron. That, Father God, you lay your healing hands upon him. That, Lord Jesus, you restore him. That you heal the bones, Father God, and in his head. That you heal the bones in his ears, Father God, that's preventing him from hearing. That you remove the swelling in his brain, Father God, so that he will be whole. So I can pray with him on the line. So I can spend time with him at the races, God. I pray for Cameron right now, Lord God, in a powerful way. And I know, Lord, that we're all joining together praying for him. So, Lord, hear our prayers. We humbly ask for your presence in the Dumont's life right now, God. That you guard over this family. That you guard over this, this young racer, Father God. And you make them whole. And, Lord, we do pray for every nurse, doctor. We pray for my daughter, Cheyenne, today, Lord God. That you touch her that you heal her, that you restore her. Father God, there's so many people that need prayer today. 
Lord, you know everyone by name. So, Father, we just corporately lift it all to you and say, Father God, do you. Do what you do, Father God. Touch lives. Heal families. Heal hearts. Restore futures. Father God, remove this virus. Remove it from our countries, from our states, from our cities, from our homes, so we can get back to loving you in the way that you designed us to, God. We thank you, Father, and we praise you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I love you. I miss you. I pray you have an incredible day today. That you know how valuable you are. That you know that every single one of you matters to God. Life is so much better when we all do it together. We'll see you guys soon, hopefully. God bless you and know that you are loved. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.